stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm going solo again to talk about the one sector that has entered into a new secular bull market. Yes, you know what it is, or do you? It's energy. I've been doing this podcast for nearly six years now. This is episode number 287. Go back and check out some of our old episodes. There's a lot of them. And I've done plenty of podcasts about energy over the years. Actually, when we launched this podcast, energy was having like a big sell-off. And then it had a big rally there in 2016 into 2017. So I've covered um, all the different angles on energy over the years, including, you know, now was the time to buy it, how they got so cheap, why you should be buying and all the uh, reasons why you should be in energy over those six years. But all the rallies since 2015, it turned out, were fake out bear market rallies. Yes, we all could get in, you could make some money if you were timing it very well, but they were still bear market rallies. And bear market rallies pull in investors like me, and maybe some of you, who think that this must be it. You have the big sell-off, market conditions improve, you get the rally, you're thinking it can't get any worse, it can't get as bad as 2015 when crude plunged down. No, but it always does in a bear market. So if you've owned the XLE, which is the big energy ETF, um, many of you maybe have tried to own it over the years. Maybe you got in and got out. But if you actually bought it five years ago and just sat in there, you're actually down 27.9%, even given the rally off of the coronavirus lows in 2020. So this ETF, I, I call it the big energy ETF because it basically includes everything in the sector. It includes the big oil. It includes the service side, which is like Schlumberger and Halliburton. It includes the uh, explorers. It includes the guys who maybe um, provide like equipment for the wells, like the, the guys who are, you know, leasing the rigs and sending them out there. Like it includes all of the areas. So that's why it's the all encompassing big energy ETF. So While you were losing 27.9% over the five years, the S&P 500 was up 101% during that time, so it doubled. And the NASDAQ, which is mostly the technology stocks, was up 175%. So that's basically the epitome of what a bear market is, when the asset class just basically goes nowhere or down for year after year after year, And that is what's happened with energy, even though you've had these mini rallies in there over that time period. So just as a comparison for one of the individual standalone stocks that some of you may already be in or owning now. So Chevron during those five years was down 2.3%, even though it does and did pay a dividend over that time period. So that does not include the dividend, but some years it was only paying about 2%, 3% yield. So it's still not 
still not that good. You could have just bought the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. So bear markets end when everyone throws in the towel in disgust, pretty much. So when no one wants to invest in it, when the stocks are cheap and nobody cares, when you turn on this podcast and you discover that it's about energy again, and you're like, ew, Tracy, no, I hate energy because of the climate issues, so I'm not buying those, or I just hate it because it's gone nowhere for years and years. It's been a loser. Why would I want to get into that? So all of that is signs of the end of a bear market. Now, nobody's going to time it super well. Nobody rings a bell and says, okay, that's the end. We're starting the bull now. That's what makes it difficult uh, to know when a bear market ends. So the energy sector in the S&P 500 fell to just 2% of the total S&P 500 this summer. Conversely, in like the 1970s, when we had the oil shock, I think it was something like 30% of the S&P 500 in the 1970s. Uh, After this nice September rally here in 2021, it has pushed it up to 3% of the S&P 500. But the technology sector remains the dominant king in the S&P 500. It is now about 40% of that index. So everybody is basically in the tech bull, and that's the bull market. So when the fang goes up, the S&P 500 now follows. But eventually, as I mentioned, all the bears end. Every bear market ends at some point. And I know many of you think oil stocks are dead money for all the reasons I just laid out. It has been dead money. And especially now, because we have you know EVs coming onto the market in big numbers. There's other innovations that are going to uh, hopefully spoil the fossil fuel um rain here over the last couple decades and will replace them with something else that hopefully will be better for our environment. But there are currently only about a million electric vehicles on the road in the U.S. And some countries have very few. More will come on, but it's going to take several years for this changeover to happen from the fossil fuels to electric vehicles or whatever else may be invented that's not in fossil fuels. So this is all going to take time and infrastructure and uh, spending and eventually it will happen. But meanwhile, industry conditions and demand right now are ripe to finally see this bull market again, much like they were in 1999 to 2008. That was the last bull market in energy. Just as the tech dot-com was peaking, energy was coming out of its multi, multi multi-year bear market. Nobody was really paying it much attention in 1999. Crude went down to like $10 or something in 1998. It was terrible. But when everybody is not paying any attention is usually when these bull markets start. So Jim Cramer on his Mad Money show on CNBC has been talking about the oil stocks quite a bit here in 2021 because he's recognizing what I've seen. So after 13 years, I'm just going to say it out loud. The bear market is over. Yes, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. 
I'm betting that this is not another fake out rally. Now, I may be wrong. I may get burned again because I've bet it was over several times in the last couple of years. But just looking at even the chart and the length of time we've gone in this bear market, which is now 13 years, and given the uh, hatred of the group, and every time I bring up any energy stocks, I'm kind of laughed out of the room. All of these factors are playing into my belief that the bear is over and we've started a bull, but nobody knows that yet, but we are in the bull. So Kramer Reach recently did tweet out that all energy stocks will be winners. And basically that also is a reminder of what happens in a bull market. In a secular bull, everything rises, like all all assets in whatever group is in a bull rises. So right now, stock market is in a bull market in general, the entire market. So you're having a rise in that asset class. Housing is in a bull market. You're seeing a rise in that asset class amongst all markets, basically. So that's what happens in a bull, and that's what's going to happen with energy. But where should you be buying for the biggest upside? I know many of you may already be in some energy stocks. You might have tiptoed in to say an Exxon or a Chevron because of those large dividends they pay out. And because those are kind of like just the big go-to names, right? Hey, I want an energy. I'm going to go buy Chevron because they're the big integrated oil companies. So Exxon, ticker XOM, Chevron, CVX, they will be winners. They were winners in the 1999 to 2008 bull market. Those stocks doubled during that time period. But there are others that had even better returns. They're a little more risky and um, they're not paying quite as big a dividends, but we don't care in a bull market necessarily about dividends. Um, but you may have a little bit more upside. So just a little bit more about the big integrateds because I know many of you are in those. So Chevron is paying 5.3% dividend. It does have natural gas component too, which we need to talk about. I've never actually talked about the nat gas business on any of this stuff in the past. It was always about crude, but with natural gas prices surging to new multi-year highs, uh, we've got to talk about that. Who's going to be able to cash in there um, Exxon is one of the biggest players in the world on nat gas, but Chevron is no slouch either, but it is slightly smaller on the nat gas side. So Chevron with that 5.3% dividend, they're not as big in the chemical side as Exxon as well. Exxon dividend of 6% now, but again, they have that really large chemical business. I think they might be among the largest chemical companies in the United States, just as a standalone, like if they were to spin off that business. And as I said, they have that large natural, natural gas business as well. Um, but Exxon, again, dividend of 6%. I used to own it in my own personal portfolio for about 16 years. Yes, I held, I bought during the last bull, actually. And I held into the bear, but then I sold out in 20. I want to say 2015 or 2016. So it's been a while since I've owned any Exxon. Some of you may recall that my grandmother owned it because she inherited a few shares from her father, my great-grandfather. She owned it since 1972 up until 
just a few years ago when she passed on. But her sister also inherited a few shares and she still owns it. So my great aunt is 99. She's still owning the Exxon from 1972. So she gets a nice dividend off of that still um, owning it all those years, but she has not sold any of those shares. So the real stock action though, will come from the pure play drillers. These are known as the explorers and producers, also known as the E explorers and the P's producers, so E and P's. These aren't all small cap companies. A lot of people assume if you're not in one of the big integrateds like an Exxon or Chevron that everybody else is these small players, but they're not. That's the myth. So ConocoPhillips, ticker COP, is an E&P. It uh, used to have other areas and it spun those off, spun off the businesses. So it's just an explorer and producer now, but it has a $90 billion market cap. So that's not small. It's not as big as big integrated, but it's not small. So what I always recommend, and I've done this on all my other podcasts, even though those were fake out bull, bull or bear, bear rallies, I still recommend people go for the EMPs with the lowest debt leverage, because why not? You want the ones with the best balance sheets. Those are going to be the ones who will be able to really thrive in the bull market because they already have the good balance sheet and they're going to be paying you out any excess cash. Um, Nothing's going to sway them, not even a pandemic. So that's who you want. You want quality. Now, all the drillers are going to have a lot of debt just in general in the energy sector. Everybody has a lot of debt because rigs are expensive. Uh, all the machinations, refineries cost billions of dollars to build one of those. So none of them are going to be, you know, these pristine, pristine balance sheets. But some of them do have quite amazing balance sheets, given the um, expensive nature of the industry. Many of them never binged, even on these kind of bear market rallies that we've seen, even when uh, crude prices surged back up into 70 or $80 on WTI just three years ago. It was this high uh, only a couple of years ago. Many of them never went all in. So they have great balance sheets and um, that's what you want. In a bull market, everybody will see better free cash flow, but those with the low debt will share even more with the shareholders. And while I'm buying these stocks to get the share appreciation, which has normally happened in bull markets and energy, still, if I can get some freebies from the company giving me the good news in the free cash flow, then why not? I'll take both, right? So to find the companies, I've always just looked for those with the lowest leverage, which is under one, and those are the best balance sheets. I've talked about them in the past, but this is a new era for some of these companies coming out of the pandemic. And so we're going to cover them again. There are mainly four that have uh, what I consider to be the best uh, balance sheets in the industry. So let's dive right in. The first one is Pioneer Natural Resources, ticker PXD. I own it in the value investor. I've owned it off and on during the bear market over the years. We have tried to time it in there. We've seen some gains and then I think we've sold it for some losses over the time when we've had big sell-offs. But right now, um, things are looking good. They are in the Permian, one of the biggest players in the Permian, 
Great balance sheet, as I said. They're paying a dividend yielding 1.9%, but they've started paying a variable dividend as that free cash flow is so high. So it's really around 4% on the yield right now. And the analysts believe that with share buybacks, they may be looking at 8 to 11% yield possibly by next year. So we'll see if that holds out. But they're only 22% hedged, I believe, for next year. So if the crude prices stay this elevated and net gas, some better things on the free cash flow could be going for Pioneer investors. So that's Pioneer Natural Resources, PXD. The second one is EOG Resources, EOG. So they're around the same size. Let me see. Uh, Pioneer, 41 billion market cap. EOG, 47 billion. So these are the big guys. In 2021, they just paid a $600 million special dividend. So like I said, they all have great free cash flows, but some of these with the better balance sheets, they're not spending on CapEx. They're not increasing production because they know it's been terrible for shareholders for 13 long years. So they're holding back on production um, and giving back the cash to the shareholders to reward those who stuck around. And even those who are coming in, share price does matter. They don't want another five years at, uh, you know, underperforming the S&P 500. They're, they're tired of that. So they're giving back. So 600 million, that's a huge special dividend. Probably going to see some more of those in the near future into 2022. They are they do pay a regular dividend. It's yielding about 2% right now. So that's EOG Resources, EOG. Diamondback Energy, the next one, ticker FANG. Yes, it's ironic, isn't it, that we could see a bull market with a stock with the ticker FANG. F-A-N-G is that ticker. No double A, just F-A-N-G. Market cap of $17 billion, also a big Permian play. A lot of these guys are Permian plays. Dividend right now is yielding 2%. But they did just announce in September 2021 a $2 billion share repurchase plan, which is huge. So they plan to return 50% of free cash flow quarterly through that base dividend, which is yielding 2%. And then they said other mechanisms beginning in the fourth quarter of 2021. Obviously, part of that will be the share repurchase plan. Um, it's also selling its North Dakota assets, and it's using that money, which will be uh, quite sizable, to pay off $650 million outstanding callable debt that they have on the books. Even though they have little debt, they do have some. So they're spending that money to pay off that debt. They also said they'll cease buying shares and start a variable dividend basically if the stock gets expensive. So they're calling this the mid-cycle commodity price. So they're not, this isn't even the high cycle yet, but if the shares of Fang, you know, really soar and maybe get a high PE, why buy, why spend the money to buy back at that level? They will just give out a variable dividend, but we're not there yet. So that's Diamondback Energy, F-A-N-G is the ticker. And the fourth one is one of the small guys, Magnolia Oil and Gas, ticker MGY. I own this in the Value Investor. They drill in South Texas. Uh, they're only about a $4 billion market cap, so much smaller. Their free cash flow is really soared as well. And they only have $400 million 
uh, in debt. They got about 190 million in cash sitting there, and then this great free cash flow coming in. So they're doing a semi-annual dividend right now. They just paid their first one, so it's only yielding about one percent. Their second dividend will come in the first quarter of 2022. The first dividend was based on $40 barrel oil. The second one will be based on $55. And I think they also look at the prior year's uh, performance of the company and what's happening to to, uh, set that dividend. So uh, these are only semi-annual with Magnolia right now. But this is the first dividend they've they've ever paid. Um, also, they're buying about one percent of shares per quarter right now, so they do have a share buyback plan that's pretty nice. And um, they are on the smaller side now. One thing to know about Magnolia is that they're unhedged. And what does that mean? Oil companies can hedge the risk of the price of oil and nat gas, so they will buy contracts to kind of guess where and lock in prices of where the commodity is going to be. This isn't a bad thing. And a lot of them uh, have done very well if they have good hedging programs of, um, you know, covering some of the risk on the underlying commodity price. But Magnolia decided to go unhedged. So no contracts. Whatever happens with the commodity is what happens. So if there's a huge run-up, they will be huge winners. If there's a big downturn of some sort, they will not be winners. That's why they're basing their dividend on these very conservative oil price levels, because they want to make sure they actually get this oil price. So that's why we saw $40 after coming out of the pandemic for the first dividend. And now we're seeing $55, even though WTI is now above 75. So uh, Magnolia unhedged. If you're into rolling the dice a little bit more, then um, you might want to take a look at it. But that is an extra risk component if you buy this one. Magnolia Oil and Gas MGY. Now, all these stocks have had big rallies off the coronavirus lows in 2020. And then they got a bid when the vaccine was announced in November of 2020 as well. They had a big rally to start 2021. If you recall, they were the best performing sector in the S&P 500 for the first six months of 2021. But this has happened in the past, as I've mentioned, in the bear market, and it was a fake out rally. We did then have some weakness in the energy complex for several months, and now we're in fall 2021. And it looks like with WTI and net gas prices at uh, multi-year highs once again, that the stocks could be catching a bid here. But even though they have uh, rallied big, some of them have doubled or tripled off of their 2020 lows. Many of them are not at their highs. Um, Magnolia is one of the few because it only uh, went IPO several years ago, but many of the others nowhere near their highs. And now with the earnings on the rise, because the business is performing so well, demand is there, they're not overproducing, and then you have the high uh, commodity prices, earnings uh, surging, the PEs of all these companies are actually at the value level still, which is what you see in the early innings of this uh, bear to bull turn. 
So Pioneer is trading at 13.4 times forward earnings. EOG is at 11 times. Diamondback is at 9.4 times. Magnolia is at nine times. So those are all what I would consider to be very cheap in this market. Exxon, in case you're interested in some of the big integrateds, Exxon's at 13.2 times. Chevron, the most expensive of the bunch, but still pretty cheap at 15.3 times. So I consider this to be the early inning still. This is the just the beginning of the, the bull. And so don't be intimidated by some of the returns we've seen over the last year with some of these, because that is normal, the beginning of a bull market. And um, it's been so depressed for so long, it's going to take quite a bit of time to really see the bull ramp up as I mentioned earlier. So it's been a long slog for 13 years for those who've been in the industry or those who've tried to invest in this area. Um, It's been long, but I'm hopeful that this is the turn that we are gonna see the bull. Now, I don't own any of the companies I have mentioned on the show today in my own personal portfolio, but I do own two ENPs. I don't really want to say what they are because I don't want anybody to like, oh, Tracy owns that. I'm going to run out and get them. Um, but as I mentioned, Jim Cramer tweeted out that all the EMPs, well, all of energy stocks will be winners in this kind of bull market. And um, I agree with that. So I do own the Explorers. I own two of them. And so I would not hesitate to own any of these. Um, Also, as I already mentioned, I own Pioneer and Magnolia in the value investor. We did own Diamondback earlier this summer, but we kind of got, we had to contain our loss there when those shares weakened, but I was not pleased with that. I wanted to stay in it. I love Diamondback, Um, but uh, no biggie if you held on because it has rebounded since then. Now, let's say you don't want to own individual stocks. You don't want to Think about like, where do they drill? What are they doing? What is their debt level like? You don't wanna deal with any of that. So what I recommend is the Spider Oil and Gas Exploration and Production ETF. And the ticker there is XOP. This is different than the XLE. XLE is fine for the broad-based kind of exposure to the entire sector, but that's not where the big gains are gonna be. It's gonna be in the ENPs, as I mentioned, and it's gonna be um, in these drillers, these more nimble companies. So this is the ETF you wanna be in. XOP is the ticker. Expense ratio is 0.35%. It is at 52 week highs. It's up 131% year to date because the EMPs have been surging. But over the last five years, it's down 36%. So even worse than the XLE, because this the EMPs are a little riskier. It's more evenly weighted, um, this ETF. So you're not gonna get big exposure to just one, to just like Pioneer Natural Resources. It's not like 10% of this ETF. There's 54 holdings. So most are around two and a half percent of the ETF. Um, so you're going to get big, broad exposure of all the e, uh, all the EMPs basically in this index, and it's yielding about 1.3% right now because some do not pay a dividend, not yet, but 
that, I'm expecting the dividend yield to go up and you're going to get at least a portion of the special dividends that all these companies are now starting to pay out. So you'll get some of that as well. And um, you should get a pretty nice yielder in the next, you know, six to 12 months, hopefully, off of this ETF, ticker XOP. So that's our little foray into energy. And I know there's some of you out there who are still saying, eh, it's dead money. EVs are going to dominate. There's no reason to own that. I'm not going to own it. And that's fine. Nobody says you need to own it. It's only 3% of the S&P 500. And if you own the S&P 500, you do own that 3%. Now, you can buy the S&P 500, actually, excluding energy. There is one of those now in case you have a real you know, moral or ethical uh, issue with the energy companies, which I understand that many of you might. So you can buy that S&P 500 ETF that excludes them, actually. Um, so check into that if you're interested in that, then you won't own any of them. But for those of you who are looking for where the next bull market might be, it pays to check in on some of these that are bear markets, the ones that everybody is ignoring that are just so awful. Why would you ever put your money in that when you can put it in, you know, Amazon or Apple or Nvidia or Tesla? Why would I want to be in any of these? But that's when there's some opportunities in investing when everybody hates something. <laughs> Um, and we've seen several fake out rallies um, and industry dynamics are such that this could be it. This could be the turn. So let me recap the stocks again if you're interested in maybe checking out a few of these and seeing what's going on with energy. So there is big oil those are paying the biggest dividend yields right now, but without that special dividend or the share buybacks or other stuff, Exxon is XOM and Chevron is CVX. They're both paying you know, above 5% on that dividend yield right now. So um, those are like the stable horses. Then we're going to have some of the EMPs. I mentioned ConocoPhillips, COP. It's not my favorite, but it's... Uh, it's an EMP, so if all boats rise, it will too. Then there's Pioneer Natural Resources, one of the best balance sheets in the industry, PXD, possibility of big yield for next year, but we'll see. EOG Resources, EOG with that special dividend, and they're also great cash flow. Diamondback, FANG, F-A-N-G, easy to remember that one. Um, they also, with the big share buyback program that they just announced, Magnolia Oil and Gas, the small unhedged one, MGY, they are paying a semi-annual dividend for right now. That's Magnolia, MGY. Then the big ETF, the, the all-encompassing energy one is the XLE. That's the one I always talked about on CNBC. Um, a lot of people just own that to have some exposure. And then there's the more specific EMP ETF, which I like a lot, the XOP. But be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of The Market Edge. I'm always trying to find, find the next bull markets. There is another area that I'm eyeing for a possibility of a bull market. You can probably guess what that is. If Since you know that one of them is energy, there is another 
there is another one. I'm sounding like Star Star Wars here. There is another another bull. Um, what is it? You want to be sure to subscribe because I'm going to be talking about it. I might talk about it on the Value Investor podcast. Make sure you get that one too. Um, all of these coming out of bears are values. So be sure to get one of these shows. You can get us on both of them on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge. Just search for that on SoundCloud and you'll see all the episodes there. You can also get us on Amazon Music. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Both shows, the Zach's Market Edge and the Value Investor Podcast. Be sure to get them both because I'm going to be talking about, as I said, the other mysterious bear market that might be coming a bull as well. Get us somewhere and I'll see you again next time with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.